Vision for El Paso podcast is sponsored by Amerigroup, your partner for a healthier life, and the El Paso Community Foundation for good, for El Paso, forever. Welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Hello, I'm Mike D, and welcome to Vision for El Paso podcast. Really excited about today's guest. We have Mr. Richard Torres. And what is your official title, Mr. Richard Torres? Well, let me say that I'm, I'm first happy to be here. My official title is uh, Program Manager for the Visually Impaired at Region 19. Program Manager, how long have you been at Region 19? Uh, coming up on five years in September. That's good. So tell me about some of the programs that, that you supervise over. Well, First and foremost, uh, being that we're one of the one of 20 regions in, in Texas, uh, for Region 19, we service kids in this county and the next county over, which would be Hudspeth County. So these two counties are part of our, our Region 19 territory. The services that we provide for the visually impaired are for kids uh, from birth to 21 years of age providing that they're still in school. And we provide uh, a lot of the training for the teachers of the visually impaired that are out working with our, with our visually impaired kids out in the schools. And so I have to provide training for, for these teachers. And many times they tell me uh, what training they need or what areas they, they want to improve in. So I'm responsible for bringing in training. It could be from within the state or from outside the state. And some of the training that we can provide are uh, Braille training, how to teach Braille. Other uh, training, uh, the ideologies, uh, the the different, you know, syndromes or the different causes of uh, visual impairment. And so teachers do request a lot of training. We also provide a lot of the assistive technology that our students are using out in the schools whatever technology they might need to help enhance whatever vision they might have, Region 19, we, we can provide those services for those kids out in our schools, whether it be a CCTV, a magnifier, magnification, even a cane. What, whatever assistive technology they, they need, we provide that as well. We also provide orientation and mobility to a lot of our kids that, that are out in the schools. And typically, our three big districts, uh, El Paso, Isleta, and Socorro, have their own orientation and mobility specialists. But for the smaller districts and the charters, we provide that service for them. Wow, these are so so crucial on so many levels. For someone that may be listening and uh, you, maybe it's you, maybe it's someone that you know that um, you know that you need assistance because of... Uh, declining eyesight or some uh, condition that you've had and you just haven't been able to get the assistance. These are all very crucial. For example, uh, some of the technology, like you mentioned, CCTV, which is a closed circuit television. This is the ability to put uh, a camera that may look uh, as small as it looks like, kind of like a mouse that you would uh, set down, but whatever it rolls over, uh, letters or sentences or pictures, will be magnified on the screen. So if you have that much eyesight where you could see that, so that's a possibility, that kind of technology where maybe the, the glare uh, affects your ability to see, that's able to invert. Uh, so instead of the letters being black and the background being white, it'll invert it. So if the letters are white, the background is black. So there's less glare or you could even change colors. 
Um, and it's even having the technology that will speak to you if you can't see a screen at all. So these are all things that are game changers uh, in your education and in your everyday life. And this is crucial because you can actually do you do the evaluations here in El Paso to find out what technology would assist someone? Yes, we do. <clears throat> we uh, we're part of the, the team that does the assessment. And so we work together along with those teachers of the visually impaired ourselves. And uh, there might be other other team members that that might be needed, but whatever team members are needed, we will conduct an evaluation. And what we're really wanting to do with, with our evaluation is we're looking at a doctor's report, at the recommendations from, from uh, an ophthalmologist. His, his report will tell us or give us an idea if there's any, any uh, residual vision. You know, maybe there, there's some vision on the periphery or maybe on the upper fields or the lower fields. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to enhance that vision to the maximum extent possible to help this individual function in a classroom. I can tell you that if I don't have my glasses with me, there, there are some print that I just can't read. And so I need my glasses on a daily basis. And so this is what we're wanting to do for, for our kids. Find that assistive technology that they need so that they can function like any other student there in, in that regular ed classroom. And so a lot of it is looking at the assessments, looking at, at how the, the child responds in the natural environments and uh, working together as a team to help this child become as independent as possible. And some people may look at the technology thinking like, oh my God, how much is a CCTV or how much is a, a speaking device? And know that that this organization is there to help you become successful. And it's not... It's not going to cost you anything. This is something that your child is entitled to for for their ability to be successful in school. And you, your organization is great at helping kids and parents advocate for this is what they need to be successful. Definitely. It's all about having those kids be successful. And a lot of times, you know, these, these kids, they, they go to school and they want to be like just any other regular student. And so we we try to level the playing field by having those tools that they need there. And let, let me just kind of explain it this way. A fireman is not very effective if he did not have certain tools. And so some of these kids that, that are in those classrooms, without those tools that they might need to enhance the vision, they might not be very effective. But once we give them the tools and we give them that assistive technology that'll enhance that vision, then they can sit there and they can learn anything and everything that their peers are learning. So the assistive technology is, is powerful. And not, on, not only that, but the technology, it's, it's very dynamic and, and it's changing a lot. And we have very, very powerful and and just beautiful assistive technology now that help our kids level the playing field and help them become successful in the classroom. Now, this is important. And um, and I'll use myself as an example. When I was in high school, I lost enough sight where I couldn't see plain text. And obviously, that becomes a situation where you need help and, and the schools has to sit down and say, how do we help you? How do we get to the next level? 
and I was uh, unfortunately one of the students that snuck through, was kind of like squeaked through the system where uh, they just like, well, you know, we'll just kind of push them through the system. We'll give you just enough grades to get through. And I was able to graduate from high school without being able to see my textbooks. But then came the reality of if I wanted to be successful in college, I needed to have the tools. I needed to have the technology. I needed to have the training uh, and the mobility. Uh, so uh, it's important that if you think, you know, I'm just going to sneak by, I'm going to sneak by. Eventually, if you want to be successful, you are going to need all of all of these things. And I love that um, if uh, your situation where you're like, you just I didn't know how to advocate for myself that organizations like yours can step in and say, like, no, you deserve this. You need this. This is how you're successful. Yes. And the technology that's out there can help them in in all aspects you know for instance let's just say that an individual wants to get get into his email but yet he's got no vision he can use uh the assistive technology jaws and so that will that technology there will read for him or will read all the emails that are there so the assistive technology that we have nowadays can empower you to 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 do anything and everything you 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 want to do I can tell you firsthand that I, I, I know of a lot of students that are sitting in classrooms that are working hard math, calculus with, with the assistive technology that, that's available for them. And so this is why I, I strongly believe that these kids, we, we have to level the playing field for them and provide that assistive technology. And it, it's just wonderful when, when you see that the kids are, are able to accomplish anything that that they want to set their their hearts and their minds to. No, this is true. I was like surprising people is a great thing when uh, when you're able to get something done without anybody's help because you learn the technology, you learn the braille, you learn the mobility. I use uh, a lot of uh, Apple products, and the the side effect of Apple trying to make it easier for people to drive while using their their devices has also helped the visual impaired community because they have all these functions now where you could speak to your phone or your tablet uh, and it'll audibly go through emails and it'll audibly go through messages and and uh, things like that has helped the the visual impaired community but a lot of people don't realize that the, just turning on certain apps on an iPhone or on iPad can allow someone that's visually impaired to use those devices. And it's by going through your organization where they get to find, figure out, like, these are all the devices. This is what's available. And then also uh, finding out all those educators, like you mentioned, that you train every year to this is how you work with and this is how things have evolved for the visually impaired community. Yes. Uh, in, in another aspect, <clears throat> we also have the orientation and mobility service that we provide and so we have uh, our orientation and mobility uh, mobility specialist Jessica Martel who will go out there and help kids also navigate their sur their surroundings because when when you have a child who's visually impaired uh, there's a lot of assistive technology that will help him in the classroom but it's also learning how to navigate uh, your surroundings whether you're in a school in a large school and you might have to use your your cane and uh, to find your way around. Uh, it's also uh, about teaching you how to get around in your own community and and in many instances in unfamiliar places. So we want to be able to help the child in every aspect. 
so that they can become independent. And so it's not just about technology in the classroom, but also, you know, skills on on how to know where you're at or to get from point A to point B. A lot of the, the orientation, you know, learning how to know where, where your surroundings are or what's in those surroundings and how are you going to navigate those surroundings successfully, whether it, it might even include crossing uh, a major street. It just depends on the goals that that individual has for themselves. And if it requires for that individual to cross, a, a, you know, a neighborhood street or say a, a busier street, then we have to empower them in every aspect of their life so that they, they can be successful. Absolutely. And I was like, I may be putting you on the spot. If um, you have kind of like a ballpark figure about how many students in the in the elementary, middle and high school age, about what would you say is the number between this area you serve between here and Hudsmith County? About how many individuals would you say that is? Right now, we well, at the beginning of every year, the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, they hold a uh, registration for every every school to report how many kids they have on an IEP with a visual impairment. And so right now in our region, we are servicing over 240 students who are uh, coded as having a visual impairment. And this could be an individual who is completely blind or might have a little bit of uh, vision, but still meets the definition of, of being blind. And so we have 240 kids this year who we we're we're servicing in our region. And the reason I ask about the number because and we're not talking about any of the ages between let's say 18 to you know older adult because I was like unfortunately on on a regular basis I just don't uh, run into a whole lot of people who are out shopping using their their cane or doing business because a lot of people with visual impairments unfortunately are are at home because family says we're going to keep you safe and we're going to keep you in in your house and and it, I I struggle with with this mentality because I was like it just doesn't seem like much of a life to to not explore and not uh, go out and and just have the interactions that everybody else has every single day. Uh, and I, it's so crucial what you do by teaching the mobility, teaching the Braille, teaching uh, the technology, uh, because of th- that large population that has the visual impairments that never leaves home because they're, quote unquote, being uh, protected by the family where, where you know, we're going to take care of you. And, uh, and I'll have people reach out to me and they said, well, how do you do it? How do you get out? I was like, you you reach out to, to organizations like yours to get that training, to get that confidence, because eventually what happens when the people that are taking care of that visual impaired individual, when they get older and they pass, and now all you know how to do is be at home. And that's a really tough situation to be in. Well, Mike, part of that is uh, it just depends on on the individual themselves. And while I don't really see El Paso as uh, having, like you said, a lot of individuals, you don't see a lot of individuals out there with a cane in our communities like you do in other cities. But um, a large portion or a large part of our, of our kids that, that do have visual impairment, they, they tend to, to live a sedentary life. And uh, 
not not move around as much and i'm not talking about just movement within your house but movement within your your neighborhood within right. your community uh we want to empower them for them to be able to say if i have to i can walk out my front door and i can walk say eight blocks to my nearest pharmacy and pick up my prescription i want to be able to do that independently by myself we also want to empower them to say, I know how to use the, the, the buses or, or the, the mass transit. I can walk out of my house with my cane. I can know where, where the bus stop is. I can travel to downtown and then from there to the university. And, uh, you know, if you're a college student. And so depending on the individual and the goals that they have for themselves that's that's what we we want to be able to empower them now i personally would not want my 75 year old grandmother crossing a major street oh no and that's understandable completely yes. visually impaired or not you're, right yeah you're but but nonetheless you know the goals for for a 75 year old are very different from a 20 year old and that 24 year old they 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 want to be productive and and they might you know want to go out and and say this is what I want to do and so the the goals are very different and if those goals are for that person to to you know every day go out and 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 you know report to a place of employment and be able to get get by on their own then we have to empower them with uh, teaching them the orientation and mobility. So the goals for, for every person are, are different. However, I would like to see more individuals out and about with their, with their cane because movement is life. And, uh, you know, we, we learn a lot uh, through movement. And if, if we sit throughout the day and, and not move a lot, then that can cause issues with our health. And so we do encourage our kids to to move move out and about and, you know, go out within their communities and, you know, be a part of, of, of the community and not not stay, you know, in locked up in your own in your own house. No, it's true. I'll admit some of the best vacations I've had is myself traveling to, to Las Vegas or Florida or Austin and I jump in an Uber and I go to the airport by myself and and I fly out by myself and and all you you decide what you want to do next and to me I was like it's just even just jumping into an Uber and I was like I can go get an ice cream and just going by myself there's just that freedom is is a, is a game changer in so many ways uh, because there's technology that we have now that allows things like that for you to to use an Uber for you to 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 shop for you to I was like and I'll admit I've been places where I get there and I was like oh I really don't know where I am and I'll open an app and I was like okay well tell me where I'm at and this is okay this is a location and sometimes just like everybody else you'll get a little bit lost and you'll get turned around but if you're not open for that adventure then you never have that adventure so you have to be open to that and I love what you say about setting goals for yourself what do you want to do uh, if there's uh, anybody that's listening that has a visual impairment so set three goals for yourself these are three things that I want to do or if there's someone that you know you're the parent or the guardian of someone with a visual impairment sit down and ask them I was like, do you have goals what what would you like to do what would you like to learn how to do by yourself and what uh, what kind of education do we have to get 
to do these things. Uh, if there's somebody that's in that situation, what's the best way to get a hold of your organization and start to figure out how to get in that system and, and take advantage of these different trainings and skills? Mike, with the, with the technology nowadays and getting about, it has really, really been a, a big game changer. I can tell you there's a there's a company that will make they make these special shoes and when you put them on if you need to to turn left or turn right if you're going to turn right the right foot will vibrate and you'll feel you'll feel the sole of of, of the shoe and that technology works along with GPS and you know GPS is a wonderful technology. Now more than ever, we're all using uh, maps and, and, you know, to get to places, you know, we, we're, we're relying on the technology, our, our cell phones, you know, to, to find this location. And so those technologies are coming together. We're using GPS. We're also using uh, special shoes and, and even like a, like a necklace, you know, that tell you, you know, I'm at the intersection of uh of uh, Elm and First. And so using all of that technology there together to be able to enhance the individual's ability to, to go out and, and, and do the things that they want to do. That's true. No, there's even uh, subscribe services where you could have a pair of uh, glasses that have a uh, built-in camera and uh, a person will log in and you could say, you know, hey, which way is it to the counter? And they'll they'll tell you to your earpiece, you know, turn to the left, uh, five steps forward, and you're there. Uh, so you you have a co-pilot. There's apps that are absolutely free on, at least on my iPhone, it's called Be My Eyes. And if I'm in a situation where like, well, I kind of need to get my bearings, I could just tap, connect to a volunteer. Pretty much looks like FaceTime and you hold your phone up, they'll say to the left, to the right. They'll give you the information. You tell them thank you, and and you go about your day. So there, there is so much uh, that that people can find out, Mr. Torres. So if they wanted more information about Region 19 and its programs, uh, where would they go? Who would they call? Well, they could call Region 19, and just ask uh, to talk to myself, and uh, I would be happy to give them a lot of information regarding the programs that that we have uh like i said we do offer assistance for school age kids and so the older adults uh they don't fall within within our shall i say jurisdiction but i know the people that i could you know refer them to we we also have a a summer camp that's coming up uh june 20 through june 30 this coming uh june or later this month and so part of what uh, the summer camp that, that we sponsor is about getting kids with visual impairment out and about in the community. So this year, there's a lot of activities that we have planned for them. We, we're going to go bowling. We're going to go swimming. We're going to a museum. We're, we're doing things out in the community for two weeks. And so the summer camp is something that our, our kids really enjoy. We go out. Every day we venture out and, and do things out in the community, basically have fun while we're teaching them part of uh, the expanded core curriculum. We're teaching them other other things, you know, not just about navigating their surroundings or their community or, or going to the mall, but also how to advocate for themselves and uh, how to how to be able to 
share communication, you know, with, with other individuals. You know, sometimes I feel that our, our kids that are visually impaired, they, they don't see someone across the room smiling at them. So developing those friendships can be hard when you don't see someone smiling at you or, or wanting to be your friend. And so during our summer camp, uh, we this year we have a total of 45 kids that will be part of our summer camp. We have uh, 15 staff members that are there to uh, assist our students. And uh, it, it's just a wonderful experience. Unfortunately, this year, because of the dry weather conditions, we are not going camping. But camping, overnight camping is an activity that the kids enjoy doing. But uh, this is just one of the services that we provide there at Region 19. Also, we stay in contact with uh, with our school districts, and uh, they tell us how, how we can help empower those teachers that are working directly with those students, and uh, and then we're able to, to provide assistance, however, or whatever assistance they might need. And this camp is crucial in so many ways. People may not realize that. Something as as ordinary to someone that cited as going bowling or going fishing, or if this is something that they normally wouldn't get a chance to try, just because um, the thought of like, well, you know, how am I going to get this this heavy round ball to the end of the lane and and knock these pins over? Sometimes it's something that won't even be tried, and once they try it, and they're like, well, this is fun. This is something different. Just Tasting that adventure, that independence makes you say, what else is there? And that's the key to to this camp. It's like, what else is there? What else can I do? What else haven't I done? Because I had so much fun doing this or I had so much fun doing that. Uh, And this is is crucial in so many ways because I know some people ask, uh, you know, why is this important? I was like, why is it not important? I was like, because you figure if you talk to most kids, they've they've probably been bowling, they've probably been camping, they've probably been fishing, but someone with a visual impairment that uh, may be in a situation where they're just not comfortable in those situations because they're not aware, you've made them aware of. These are things that, that you may enjoy and it sparks that that curiosity, which every kid needs is a curiosity. What else can I do? What else is fun? Every kid climbs trees and scrapes their knees and everything else. Every kid is entitled to, to explore and push the boundaries. And that's why your program is so important. That's why this camp is so important. Thank you for what you do. Thank you uh, on behalf of the Vision Impaired community. We're going to put links up on the Vision for El Paso uh, website where you can uh, contact Mr. Torres, find out about these programs. And if there's if there's questions, obviously, uh, Mr. Torres is very easy to get a hold of. I was like, every time I called you, you pick up the phone right away and you, you've answered all my questions in an efficient manner, but also have uh, linked me to other resources where you're like, well, we, we may do this or may not do this, but this organization does it. We definitely know uh, the organizations that, that are here in the El Paso area that do work with individuals that have visual impairment. And so I, I do get a lot of questions, uh, not only from, you know, school age kids or, or, you know, other, other entities, but also I've gotten many calls, you know, from, uh, elderly people that feel my vision is not what it used to be. Uh, what resources do we have in the community? And we, I want to say us that are part of the blind community, we we know each other, uh, we we stay in contact with each other. And so I'm able to refer them to the, to the right people, whether they're here in El Paso or maybe in, in Austin, Texas, but uh, we all, we, we know each other. And so I'm able to, to link up individuals, you know, where, wherever or whatever organization they might need uh, to follow through. Perfect. And that's a, a very important 
mission for Vision for El Paso where we're, we're going to try to link everybody up. So if uh, you're in the, the area and you're just like, where do I go? Who do I speak to? Uh, these are the possibilities. These are the local resources you're, you're able to connect with, whether you're an older demographic, young, younger demographic. It'll all be there. Uh, and this uh, is a difficult process sometimes, um, not knowing. And so we're trying to link all that information. So you will know and you'll have all those resources in a in a way where you could do like, this is what I need, this is what I don't need, but you know what resources are available. Because I'm, I'm still finding out about different resources. I was like, wow, I had no idea that that was available here in El Paso. And I had no idea that that was even an option. So leading you to those options is going to help uh, a whole lot of people. And uh, if you were to give some advice to a parent that has a child that they, they've already noticed that they're having some difficult with their vision, what advice would you give them? As, as the first step of what to do? Well, definitely it would be to support their, their child and not to discourage them. Personally, I think we need to give them even more encouragement. But I think as a parent, and, and I, this is something that I've thought about, if I had a child that had visual impairment, I would just want to empower them to, to become, I mean, to the maximum extent possible to, to go out and, and, and do whatever you want to do. I mean, it, it's limitless, uh, so what you can do if you just think about it and, and say, you know, that's my goal right there. And and I'm going to follow through with that goal. But I think uh, we do have some parents that feel that that their child might not be able to do this or might not be able to do that. And yeah, we, we might go through a phase, you know, where we feel, OK, yeah, it's a setback. But you know what? There's things that we can overcome and, and we just need to empower those kids and uh Believe it or not, you know what? You'll see progress. You will definitely see progress. I just love it when when kids that that are completely blind are functioning, and even some of them, even I mean, exceeding their 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 I mean, making wonderful grades in in a regular classroom. And a lot of that has to do with what the parents felt that their child could do because they empowered them, and that's powerful. That is powerful. Thank you, Mr. Torres. We're going to have links uh, below so that way if you want more information, you could reach out to Mr. Richard Torres uh, and, and get connected and you could find all the information on the Vision for El Paso website. Thank you again. This was fun. Thank you, Mike. I enjoyed, you know, this little time spending with you. Thank you. This episode of Vision for El Paso was brought to you by Amerigroup and the El Paso Community Foundation. For more information on our sponsors, please visit our show notes.